Yeah, man, how's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? Not bad. Happy birthday. Thank you. 32. It's your birthday today. It is, yeah. Older. You do anything nice? Going to dinner. Nice? Yeah. With friends and family, so I didn't invite you. Great. <laughs> Cheers, man. Thanks. Uh, this week, I've also been hosting 9 to 5 Mike Daily. I don't know if you've you've picked up on that. I've tuned in a little bit. Tuned in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty it's good. Been, it's been fun. It's, the, it's, it's like the old days. Yeah, you know, I started that podcast, right? You did. You did. Yeah. Never had, never, never had my listeners endure ad reads. And then Chance took it. There's an ad every episode. <laughs> And I'm happily reading the ad script for money, which makes it worth it. <laughs> Turns out that's how you keep a podcast going. When you get burnt out, you just look at the ad money and you're like, I keep doing it. Speaking of which, no, <laughs> we, we <laughs> no we're not. We're, we're not the talk show. Um, I, I wanted to give uh, we've, we've been given weekly updates on the iPhone 14 Pro experience this week. It's super brief for me. Um, it's just that my iPhone 14 Pro um, always on display looks looks broken when it's off now so in the instances like you haven't used your phone in a long time so it turns off or carplay turns off in those instances i'm i'm so uh, acclimated now to my 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 lock screen you know my my off state being a picture staying on yeah about a picture of, of of my kiddo and i changed my wallpaper from what i'd used for a long time to one of the new uh options where you can do like a color tone to it mm-hmm. and um yeah, so I got a picture of my kid, and uh, and and it's got like a purple color over it, and you know I know what one shade of purple's on, one shade's off, and I'm I'm very used to it now. So so do, um, do you have it on? Stay on at night as well, like oh yeah, I do. Seven, yeah, I don't bother with any of the like that part doesn't bother me. It's not bright enough. It's not aiming in my eyes. Usually, I uh, have my phone. Like I actually wish it was it would stay on when I'm wirelessly charging because it does turn off while I'm charging wirelessly overnight. Uh, and I wish it did not. I wish the Apple Watch did not. It doesn't as well. turn on off immediately. It takes a little while, but yeah, it right. Like when I wake up, it's off. You know, so. Yeah. But I think yeah, it would so be. I, I, have, like, I have mine using the sleep focus mode thing, but I love it during the daytime. It just being. On. You know it's what? Just the, it's just in when it's black in the bedroom. I want the screen yeah. off. You know what doesn't turn off at night? Mm. A bedside alarm clock. Screen stays on because it's supposed to. So I want my iPhone to do that. The, the watch does that, right? If it's in no, well, you got to nice do some motion. You got to like bang your table or something for it to. But even to even with an always on watch, it doesn't stay on at all. Even with an always on watch, okay. that's, charge, that's charging because <laughs> you don't want to, you know, use that battery up too much. No. Anyway, because that's what I feel like they should add to the iPhone is like a nightstand mode, just yeah. like the watch does, where you. Because like, if if philosophically they like just showing the colorful lock screen all day long, I can see yeah. why they don't want to add an option for black and white mode. Landscape like landscape mode with black and green. Mm, but yeah, for, for the bedtime context is very or, different. Or black and red, like the, uh, you know, those are clock colors. <laughs> you have a digital alarm clock, those are what you see. So, and the, you can kind of fake it, like you can set the bedtime, the like the sleep focus to change your lock screen to a specific one. Yeah. But yeah. I don't really want that, you know, like you want like something that's completely custom, like the Apple Watch bedtime thing, which is just... You know, black screen time, and then it slowly like brightens the brightness as it gets closer to the alarm time. Like that's what you want, but they yeah. don't offer that. At the moment. I do have a sleep mode that I don't actually use, but it's it changes it changes the wallpaper to be the uh, the view of the Earth from afar. So I look at that, and, and I'm like, oh, it's I should be sleeping. The Earth is sleeping right now in my part of the hemisphere. Yeah, I wish I didn't have to use a sleep focus mode to get it turned off at night. Like it's kind of annoying. I used to just go do not disturb or nothing, but now I have a sleep mode that comes on and. You can't control it with shortcuts, or you can't do it with a different focus mode. So at the moment, I'm stuck in the purchase sleep mode, which isn't terrible, but it's not like ideal. But hopefully, in time, they'll catch up to their own hardware features. Yeah, I kind of got a birthday present this year. That's pretty cool. What'd you get? I went to the YMCA, and uh, it's the one I went to a few years ago, like pre-COVID, and then didn't go during COVID. And then Hatton started going back to because it, it costs more than like the the local gym does, but the trick there is um, it's like it's like forty dollars a month for a membership or sixty dollars a month for a membership like for family. And so uh, on the weeks where I have my son every other week, and on the weeks where I have him, um, it just means I can't like 
work out because he does we're going to walk and he hates it. Like it's he'll, 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 he'll get out of that though. But anyway, um, I'm able to go to the YMCA and they have childcare and they, him and his sister used to do this, um, years ago and they, and they love it, but they were in separate rooms. Now they're in the same room cause they're both in uh, school age. And so, um, we've, we've been doing that. Uh, and so big motivator for me to, to actually like get a, get a, get a good, healthy streak going, you know, not, not every single day if I don't feel like it, like I used to, but, um, at least, you know, try four or five times a week. So, you know, do that. And, uh, to my surprise, after my three year <laughs> hiatus from going to this YMCA, they have gym kit. I have gym kit on the elliptical and on the treadmill, which is really wow. freaking cool. This is, a, tw- is a big yeah. step. <laughs> this is like a 2018 announcement, I think, right? Like four years ago. And I'd seen yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, I'd seen a couple of years ago that maybe about a year and a half ago that there was this one hotel I talked about on here that that had gym kit in their gym, and that was like the thing. It was like my the most access I've ever had of gym kit, and uh, yeah, I was really surprised. So it's a, it's a really cool experience. Gym kit, of course, is the um, the feature that is on some gym you know equipment, uh, exercise machines like like treadmills and ellipticals and bikes that um, you you wave your watch over the wireless scanner and it syncs your watch up with the machine privately securely when you're finished with the workout it it forgets the connection and everything's you know there's no like data left behind and it syncs up for example if you're on the treadmill it will sync up the distance from the treadmill which is the most accurately tracked the watch is just guessing your distance if you're not using gym kit and that's that's hard to do and then it yeah, seems like in, like obviously on an outdoor run it can use gps but if yeah. you're working on a machine it's if you're standing in one place yeah. yeah exactly uh and and then it uses the heart rate from the apple watch and then syncs that to the the machine so that gives you a much better idea of actual like calorie burn than you'd get otherwise um and, and i like one of the, i think my favorite part of all of it is just that you'd you don't get heart rate on these machines usually unless you press like your hands are resting on a certain metal part of the machine that is a heart rate sensor. And it often like if I'm doing a, a walk or a run on a treadmill, I don't want to touch anything. I just want to like, you know, motion my arms. And then the thing for the elliptical is usually the heart rate sensor are not on the big bars that your arms move. It's on the center. And so you need to have like one hand. I, don't, I guess the idea there is like you only check in every now and then, but with gym kit, with that syncing feature, uh, you get all the great data, all, all the data in one place. And if you pause on the machine, it will pause on your Apple watch and vice versa. Same thing for ending a workout. Um, so I, I've, I've used gym kit every day this week and it's really cool. That is really nice. Like it's just like CarPlay or Apple pay. Like these things get announced and you know that eventually there'll be, ubiquitous and you just be able to use them but it, those kind of like things that involve other companies they yeah. apple's never good at rolling that stuff out aggressively and i don't think they offer like discounts or incentives for these places to do it so it's just very gradually you get the peer pressure of the customer base wanting it but especially with something like apple pay is like so critical it's like a different league but something like gym kit is like it's such a nice to have mm-hmm. but it's only apple watch people and there's no like the equipment has to be replaced and it costs money mm-hmm. so clearly like none of these gyms have really gone out of their way to upgrade other stuff just to get this like proprietary thing for apple watch users but as the high-end models get the features and then they you know recycle and go round their replacements for their equipment now you have gym kit in the gym and mm-hmm. it sounds pretty great like yeah. I, I mean, i'm also looking forward to the uh thing where they they're going to start you know if, if you it's like an update in watch a 6.2 or something where if you go to a track every single time it can like recognize your common route and you know compare against your previous best at that same place that you're having to like manually input it and stuff like yeah that's cool but the indoor equivalent is definitely the the gym kit thing yeah yeah yeah, so yeah. I, I, my next observation to make, I haven't, I haven't really done it yet, but uh, just in time, I want to observe our other people with Apple Watches using Gym Kit because you see plenty of Apple Watches in the gym uh, there. But, I, it, you know, it's just at the beginning of the workout that you notice. And um, so I'll, I'll just kind of look around and see. And and I feel I don't feel uh, weird waving my watch in front of the little wireless sensor because the effect that it gives you is so good. So. And when you finish the workout, you can just press stop on the machine and it stops it on the watch too, right? Exactly. And the machine is set to pause if you're like inactive for a few seconds. 
um, which the watch would just keep running if you're doing an elliptical workout, for example, and unless you touched it and paused it or stopped it. So it's, it's kind of a cool sync up where you get that other benefit of, you know, you're actually done with the workout. So you stop your motions and then the machine's like doing a countdown. And, and if you just ignore it, it's going to end, which ends the, the workout in your watch. So, uh, but if you were to end one on the watch, it'd end on the machine and vice versa. So, uh, Love, love Gym Kit in 2022. It's finally happened for me. We got there. Happy Hour This Week is brought to you by Ladder. If you're anything like me, you have a certain tendency to put things off until the very last minute. Dentists, opticians appointments, that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's usually fine, but you shouldn't mess around and wait when it comes to something like life insurance. Get term coverage life insurance through Ladder today. I've started wearing glasses this year and... It's kind of hit me that, you know, I'm getting older and stuff like life insurance somehow feels immediately more relevant. Life insurance gives you peace of mind to know that your family will be taken care of if the worst happens. LIDAR is a 100% digital service when you apply for $3 million in coverage or less. That means no doctors, no needles and no paperwork. It's all done online. And you just need a phone or laptop to apply. You fill out LIDAR's application form and their smart algorithms will work in real time to tell you instantly if you're approved. Ladder has no hidden fees and you can cancel at any time. Get a full refund if you cancel within the first 30 days. And Ladder's policies are issued by insurers with long, proven histories of paying claims. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and it even made Forbes' best life insurance list of 2021. If you've been thinking about getting life insurance, Ladder is the place to do it. If you aren't sure but you just want some more information, go on their website, fill out their online calculator and you can see the costs and terms of the plan with no commitment. And as the cost of life insurance goes up as you age, now is the time to act and get it done. So go to ladderlife.com slash happy hour today to see if you're instantly approved. That's ladderlife, L-A-D-D-E-R-L-I-F-E dot com slash happy hour. Ladderlife.com slash happy hour. Thanks to Ladder for sponsoring the show. It pains me to hear you say getting older. I know. <laughs> I'm a lot older than you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have another thing to share with you this week, uh, Mayo, which is that I have purchased AirPods Pro 2. And uh, I have now I have, have, have thoughts on that. So uh, go, go, go. It's the complete experience for AirPods Pro 2. Like, like Craig Federighi says of, uh, of, of stage manager. With, with a monitor. It's a complete experience. Um, I have uh, thoughts on the AirPods, of course. I have thoughts on the case. And most importantly, I have thoughts on the lanyard that Apple sells from uh, in case. So uh, I guess first up, uh, you know, it's got the new Find My feature. So which is for each bud and the case, you put this, the speaker grills in the bottom and the mic input there too. Um, I didn't think I would <laughs> ever practically use this, but this, uh, it, it's... You already lost him? <laughs> you know, the, the case is white and my bed sheets are white and I often like will sleep with my AirPods in and then they're wherever when I wake up. Uh, and I and, and there was an instance this week where I was I had made my bed in the morning and um, I, I knew that my case was the case. I had the AirPods, but the case was still out there somewhere. And I I did the little ping sound and the green light lit up. And uh, I, I got the fire. <laughs> the light was coming through the, through the white sheet in comforter. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. So I've at least used that case feature one time. And that hopefully that's all I ever need it for. Um, yeah. And so the, the case looking around thing on earlier generations of AirPods, they would simulate the nearby finding experience with just like Bluetooth range, but it was like a stripped down version. It wasn't like an AirTag really. It was just like, you're kind of close, you're kind of close. Okay, you're around, you know, you're next to it, like a big circle. But with the AirPods Pro second generation, the the charging case, not the buds, but the case has a U1 chip inside it. So you can do the actual, you know, ultra wideband proximity finding experience as well. Um, but as we all know from AirTag's ownership, that's like the gimmick. The The practical thing to do is just to make it make a noise. <laughs> and then you can find it generally a lot quicker. And so they added a speaker to the case, which is great. And that feature, the speaker plus U1 chip, that's what they should put in the Apple TV remote as well. Like that's, if they can put right. it in the AirPods Pro case, they can put it in a TV remote. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing about the case that's nice that uh, you know I'm sure any anyone who's reviewed these things or has these things has, has noticed and appreciated is the the sounds they make. So uh, I think when you first pair, you get a little chime, and when you um, put your AirPods on the charger, which can be an Apple Watch charger now as well, they chime. 
And um, when, like when you put them in the case, I think if the battery is lower, it will give you a, a tone. So just more personality there is is cool. Like so that's that's nice. Um, noise cancellation. The way I tested these initially was in a super loud, busy uh, place with noise cancellation on. This was indoors and it worked phenomenally. This was just like canceling out people talking. So like a lot of chatter uh, and some music playing. And I think with the combination of them being like in-ear headphones and I'm using the medium tips, um, which I always do, uh, is, is pretty good. Just like suction and, you know, natural noise cancellation from, from that. And then with the actual feature seemed seemed, it was really impressive. I mean, I was like, you just heard like barely a sound from all of the, all of the room. And I like that a lot. The, uh, comparison to airpods max um it's closer it's not it's not equivalent but it's certainly closer i think than before uh with airpods pro first gen and and that's very that's really nice the other other area i tested noise cancellation in was walking on the bridge um it's like mile and a half long bridge where i go and and get a exercise in and it's one of those bridges where like the, the walking area is separate from the road going either direction but there are there's a lot of traffic and so car noise coming right beside you with only like a little brick wall between you, um, and and that's super noisy. Noise cancellation didn't super compete with that, especially for a podcast where it's like just people talking and not music with a constant you know constant output, not a lot of volume. So so there I, th- I thought hmm I think I think for for this this is. <laughs> I I had done like AirPods Max walks with with air noise cancellation on next to the cars, and it's like almost perfect. Um, yeah, the AirPods Max are huge though compared to the yeah, the and they the and they get sweaty when you sweat, and they smell bad, and, you and they cost get, a lot more. Got them dry out. <laughs> it's kind of gross. In your pocket, like that's the thing about AirPods to me is that even from their first model, they just like, they can fit in the change pocket of the jeans, and it's like so convenient. Um, that's, that's what that spot was designed for all those years ago. Was that the iPod Nano? I think. Uh, <laughs> I think so. Jobs to yeah. yeah. The, uh, the I, I kind of wonder if it's algorithm stuff though, because I feel like the the car noise like right beside you is maybe intentional because if you you maybe they don't want you to get by a car, but if you're walking on a separated area from the actual road, then there's no risk. You know, not not that there should be an option, but it just it seems to me that uh, not not comparing to AirPods Pro one head to head, but it seems to me that it just didn't do a great job of canceling out the engine sounds. And then, of course, if I do a transparency, um, there's a new adaptive transparency mode where it's intended to make louder sounds less amplified than everything else around you so that you clearly hear it, but it's just not cranked way up. <laughs> to, to, to damage your ears um, and with that one it was just totally unusable um, to have transparency turned on while walking on the bridge next to cars and the set in this you know separated section so um, and that was that was both with with, with uh, podcasts with music you just get a better experience you know because there's just it's louder and it's easier to cover up things around you um, so uh, with adaptive transparency in general i think some of the reviews have been pretty positive on it for me, uh, I kind of I kind of think the verdict's still out for if I if I appreciate it, if I notice it. If you think it's different to the old AirPods Pro, you mean? Yeah. It, ex- exactly. Yeah. 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 It is interesting. Like I've seen some Reddit comments where some people say the AirPods Pro second generation is like miles apart from their first generation ones in terms of noise cancellation performance, and then other people are far less impressed with it. Yeah. So. I don't know if it's just individual perception or maybe there's some hardware variants. So um, one, one theory I've seen is just the newness of them. Like a new pair of AirPods Pro 1 sounds better at noise cancellation than it does over time. Um, I guess because the sensors get gummed up or something. Yeah. That's one thing you see with the, like, even take any AirPods and then clean them out properly in the in the little gutters. And then yeah. suddenly they sound, like, way better again. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah they're just full of earwax and rubbish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the lanyard loop, you know, the built-in lanyard uh, accessory hole, <laughs> the little metal part with two holes on the side, that uh, I, I, I used, you know, I had them for a few days before the lanyard had arrived, and then I used them with the lanyard. The, you know... It's up to you whether or not you think that's useful or worth having that piece attached to the the case visually. 
what I think is undoubtedly better about it than before, though, is that there was a whole market of, and still, still will be for other AirPods cases, of cases for your case, which is, you know, you're getting layers upon layers there. But people would buy and companies would make cases for your AirPods case, mostly because they can put an attachment on the case for the case. And so you can clip it to your bag or your keychain or, you know, what, or your lanyard. And, and so by putting it directly, you know, having this tiny little metallic loophole on the AirPods case itself, you can have the utility of a lanyard or attaching it to something else without having a case on your case, which makes the AirPods thicker. Um, the case can be un, uncomfortably grippy or, you know, I guess sometimes people do it like just for the visual effect of it. So you might put them in like a, a case that looks like something novel or a color that you like or a clear glittery clay case. My preference though is just the, the case itself. It's, it's yeah. case. And then, uh, but, but it is nice to have the ability to attach things without having to put your case inside of a case. So, um, it, for, for that, I think it's, it's, uh, I thought I might dislike it because just visually it's one thing there to look at if you don't end up using it. But, um, I, I, I'm finding that I don't dislike having a lanyard attached when it doesn't require having a thicker AirPods case to do that. So that trade off, uh, being removed is, is good. Uh, as for the encase lanyard that Apple sells and land encase sells for $13. Bargain. Um, bar- <laughs> bargain. Uh, it's like the official, <laughs> it's as close as the official <laughs> one you're going to get. Um, it's, it's kind of cool practically too, because if you, if you look at the pictures online, you can tell how it has this little groove cut out into, um, the, the plastic part where the two materials meet and you can loop around the top part of like the lanyard that you carry in your hand and you can attach it to your bag. Like, like one thing I saw in the pictures was you those on your backpack straps when you have like a little plastic loop that you can, I guess, attach things to with, with that in case lanyard, the way it's designed, you can then loop it around that and then have it hang from your, your strap there. Um, the, the practicality of that I've, I've noticed just in my pocket, it comes loose from that method of, of wrapping it around itself. And so I don't know how much you would want to rely on that versus having it actually attached to something uh, more permanent. And then finally, I think my thoughts on the lanyard situation is that, uh, you know, where, whereas you might want to use a case before it adds some personality to the AirPods, you know, to sort of express yourself, uh, if you because of, you know lanyards are the loop system sort of universal um you can probably find or already have something that makes this you know that works with this that gives you more like i saw i saw someone use a red one and it just looked really cool with like the white and the red um whereas this is not black but gray as apple loves and sort of tan so so there's that and then um Man, the volume, being able to change the volume without having to use Siri. Oh, yeah, the gesture, the touch thing, yeah. Yeah. Our colleagues, uh, Michael Podick and Chance Miller, they they were, and Aaron, uh, I don't know how you say Aaron's last name, begins with a W, <laughs> Wachulis, I think. Uh, they all had this experience where it was kind of awkward. I think I've mentioned it in the show before, but because the gesture is in the front of the AirPod stem instead of the side, you have to turn your hand, you know, angle your finger in that way to get it to go. And then, and then sometimes you need to use two fingers to get a a good enough grip on the stem without knocking it out of your ear. Um, had a little bit of that in the beginning. Um, but also just in real time usage, like after I'm getting off of, you know, the treadmill or the elliptical, and then I'm turning on the volume, I found that just like while I'm walking in motion, just swiping my finger ever so lightly on one of the AirPod stems in the front turns the volume down without, for for me personally, without having an issue of like knocking it out of my ear, and it's just really smooth. Um, my favorite method before for controlling AirPods volume was just having my phone in my pocket and then knowing which buttons are volume up and down. Usually, my phone's upside down, so you know, press down for for up and up for down, and and that's that's that's, that's okay. You know, you can press and hold that way and get a faster method, but. Um, having it right there on the AirPod, you know, pe- people had asked for that before for swipe gestures in general. I didn't really know that that was something that Apple would ever deliver, but since they have done it, I really appreciate it. And it, it 
kind of kind of have the feeling of like, okay, so we've got squeeze for controlling by default the the noise the, the sound modes, transparency, uh, noise cancellation, or optionally you can enable also just have it have transparency and noise cancellation off, and it's just natural. Um, or you can have it set to be Siri. You can do that on either one. Um, but but there's no hardware method of like skipping a track or going back to the beginning. And so I did have the feeling of like, you know, the tap gestures that we originally had for the first AirPods to activate Siri, those weren't great feeling because you kind of were like tapping something in your ear and it made this big thump sound to your head. And what wasn't, wasn't wonderful, but as just like a, you know, the third method of controlling something. And it's something that you don't use as often. I think it would be kind of cool to have that back. So I it's like a tertiary action. Exactly. So yeah. I think my my ideal pair of AirPods Pro would have that as as and and then you know what controls are you giving up at that point? You've got you know access to just about everything. I, I'd guess. Um, only only complaint here. You know, it's cool that the, that the that the charging case can charge now with an Apple Watch puck. So like, if you've got a MagSafe Duo, for example, as your travel charger, you can. You've always been able to put your your AirPods on the MagSafe side if you've got a wireless charging case. But you could do your phone and your AirPods on the watch side, so it makes that a little bit more practical. Um, so that, that's that's kind of cool. I've also done just like putting it on the watch side of my three device charger just to try it out, and it works. Uh, but the big thing is that it's it's a Lightning port, and I don't use the port very often, if ever. So not a huge deal. But we all know that you know, come iPhone 15 next fall, uh, we're going to switch to USB C unless something goes terribly wrong. And I hope that does not happen, but it would it would be awfully nice if this were to have began with USB-C. And uh, since we know that, that that change is coming soon, because, you know, that'll, that'll be a selling point for me for future versions of this case. So. Overall positive? Overall positive and uh, having gone a couple of weeks without AirPods in general, I was just with just AirPods Max, which is just a whole other category of, of, of headphones. I reestablished how much I rely on AirPods as a great wireless set of headphones for outdoor use and even just around the house, even for phone calls. Um, and uh, glad to have these. Battery life, I haven't done like try the numbers, you know, compare and see how how far I get, but I will in, in, in more time. Um, but overall, absolutely super happy with these. You know, what, 250 is pretty expensive, but you've got the the newest kind of best in class version from Apple with, with these AirPods Pro. Very happy with them. Nice. We are also sponsored this week by Pillow. More and more studies are showing that getting a good night's sleep improves your health and well-being in more ways than you can imagine. And Pillow is an all-in-one sleep tracking app that will be more aware of your sleep patterns and discover what might be affecting your sleep quality. Pillow tracks and analyzes your sleep automatically and you can check in with a full report of your sleep the next morning. If you have an Apple Watch, tracking your sleep is as easy as wearing it to bed. And if you don't, you can do it through the iPhone or iPad app. Just tap a button to start your sleep session. You can even record sounds of the night like sleep talking, apnea or other noises that might be affecting how you sleep. Use the Pillow app to check trends, get personalized insights and compare your sleep metrics with your weight, steps, caffeine consumption and more. And use smart alarms to get woken up at the most optimal time, aiming to wake you up when you're in a stage of lightest sleep. And of course, Pillow is privacy-minded. All of your sleep and audio data is encrypted and stored on your device and in iCloud using end-to-end encryption. Pillow is free to download from the App Store with a set of features that you can use for free every single day and try Pillow's premium features with a seven-day free trial. Just visit pillow.app to get started. That's pillow.app to get started. Thanks to Pillow for sponsoring the show. All right, let's talk about something that matters. Sort of. may matter, I don't know. Matter, the technical specification, has now hit this week the 1.0 release. So they've finished beta testing it, they've finished prototyping it. It is now certified at a 1.0 release. Which I guess means now the cavalcade of accessories will be here immediately to adopt it. I mean, yeah, uh, so, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So, so effectively, like, it means I, people that... do need to chill a bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like the first release has limitations. It's only, it's not really going to have anything to do with TV control or video cameras or you know security cameras. But if you're looking for something to hopefully get more Apple Home app compatible, like light switches and plugs, 
and um, some thermostat stuff into the into the ecosystem, then matter might be the the way to get that to happen. But we still haven't really seen a lot of stuff announced. Like most of the stuff I've seen so far is just stuff that already supports HomeKit anyway. So it's like there's not really much of a benefit as a you know Apple use right now. Maybe by CES in January they'll they'll be like all the manufacturers now touting their like matter lineup. Mm. Yeah. This is, I don't know. Are you, are you like looking forward to this, or is it? Is it you don't care. Over the last couple of years, I've taken a huge step back in terms of not interest in HomeKit and smart home automation, et cetera, but just use actual usage of it. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah. because it, it can you can absolutely make using your home more annoying when you introduce smart accessories. There's there's almost always a drawback to to to, to that um, and. You know, whether it's for yourself or your family or however, you know, I think the my favorite example of a good home kit experience is with Luchon cassette light switches. And, uh, you know, because then you you do a lot of work for that and it's very expensive, but then you get kind of a no compromise solution to smart home lighting. And that's very nice. But if you do anything like with lamps or switches or, uh, you know, lots of other things and there's there's some drawback to it. So for me, I I viewed the last few years as okay. We're gonna probably stop seeing HomeKit itself improve by a lot. You know, maybe this quote unquote new architecture that could change reliability will will help out with a lot of those no response issues that we've seen since forever. Uh, but it, it does seem like you know we've witnessed the the, the rollout of Thread. Know, the, the third radio support and that comes to hardware that requires upgrading and then matter is this other thing and it's all kind of very abstract and when you don't want to replace things in your home too often you just kind of want to have the smart accessory and then use that for as long as you probably you know possibly could have used a dumb accessory it sound it seems like right now is not a great time to invest from scratch and so I'm in very much in, in a wait and see mode for to see what matter means for HomeKit and for bringing in uh, other ecosystems into the home app. So it, it's 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 the beginning of a long game again. Yeah, that's fair. Like I'm, as you say, you don't a lot of the you know like smart bulbs kind of solutions do have the big drawback of like making the light switch on the wall a volatile thing that you don't want to touch anymore but also it still sticks on the wall and anybody else comes around they immediately just switch the light off using that so the the smart light switch solutions are generally what you want but the availability of them is not great obviously in america you have the cassetta lineup but in the uk you have this company called lightwave which i used at the uh at the family's house and they've been good but they're very expensive it's like 60 70 pound per switch which is a mm-hmm. lot of money per, on a per switch basis and they only work with dimmers um because we don't have neutral wires and stuff so it's a big load of complexity there just to get the light to turn on and off when you want it to but when you do actually go through the hassle of setting it all up the end result is really convenient and you can turn like the fact you can turn all lights off in the house with like one command when you're going to sleep or something is mm-hmm. really nice so you know i, w- I want to get there again but also i'm kind of like hoping that maybe the matter certification will suddenly make a load of like apple native compatible siri compatible light switches from other manufacturers readily available so you don't have to rely on just one company in the uk's case at the moment like there's literally only one company that does it and so they can charge a price premium but ideally you'd have like you know ikea and amazon basics and all these companies and brands and anchor and stuff there's you know there's not much difference from making a light switch to making like a charger so all these like you know sub brands which make perfectly good iphone accessories like lightning cables and charging stuff should also be in the market of smart home stuff in time um but on the flip side there wasn't too high a barrier from getting people to adopt like HomeKit before like ever since they took away the hardware requirements and stuff the certification program process became a lot simpler and matter is based on the HomeKit standard. So any of the like the technical complexities or hurdles that uh, these companies were facing with the, adopting HomeKit, most of those will apply 
to adopt Matter instead. Now, Matter does have the big benefit is that it's not just for the Apple ecosystem. It's also like now the open standard. So if you just adopt Matter as a manufacturer, you're also getting compatibility with you know Google and the Amazon ecosystems and everything like that, at least hypothetically. Uh, but they're still... It's still in a proving ground stage where the standard exists, but are people going to use it? And that's really the big point. And then after, even if you do get usage, like it's going to be a while before we get the revisions to the mass standard that actually encompass all the second... Like lights and switches are like the fundamentals, right? But if you want to do like cameras and all that sort of stuff, the mass standard of well, at least 1.0 does not encapsulate any of that. So we have to keep waiting. But... All the HomeKit stuff keeps working, so if you can find stuff in the market today that you like, I would buy it and carry on. Like, I wouldn't freak out that it's all going to become obsoleted or anything, because that's not going to happen. And I do hope the quote-unquote new architecture, which is meant to be coming before the end of the year, but I don't think it's enabled in 6.1. I certainly haven't seen any options to turn it on or anything. So unless they surprise include it in, like, the release candidate, it's probably going to be a 16.2 feature. That may make a big difference although my my generally HomeKit reliability is not terrible but the the response time is could definitely see improvements in places even though HomeKit response time is famously much better than a lot of the third party like the amazon response time on on home smart home stuff is very slow in comparison to HomeKit in general because HomeKit has supported local uh like local commands from the beginning so if you're away from home it goes over the internet and goes to the home hub but if you're actually in the home it just talks directly over your local network whereas a lot of the accessories in the Google and Amazon ecosystems, they generally work by when you make a voice command, it first has to go to a server, which then has to process the request and then comes back down again. So for them, for for, for people using Android and stuff, if you get Matter accessories, you'll probably see a more marked jump in like smart home experience because you're getting more of the benefits that HomeKit's offered for a long time in, in the Matter standard. But if you're a HomeKit person... Your biggest benefit, I think, at least in the short term, is just going to be more availability of stuff you can shove in the home app. But even that might be like you know months or years away, depending on these timelines. So well, I'm I'm you know optimistic, but I don't like get in in enmeshed into the like the the hype of it's going to like change everything. I don't think that's a reality. It's just one standard, and it will be basically once you add the accessory to the home app the experience of using it is the same. It's just whether that accessory supports it in the first place, if you get what I mean. I also want to point out, too, that like 2021 and 2022 aren't the best years for f- like filling in the categories that HomeKit supports. For example, we've seen in the last few months uh, Chamberlain stop manufacturing their HomeKit garage accessory which I used when it first came out in 2018 and it was, it worked great. It was one of the things that performed as expected. You could automate your garage door opening and closing on your location. You'd have, you know, Siri commands, you'd have just the button in the app. Uh, really, really good experience there, you know, combined with other automations, make sure you say goodnight, you know, your garage door is closed. Great experience. And the reason for not manufacturing anymore it wasn't because of performance or anything, customer feedback. It was because they just didn't sell enough. Um, <laughs> and and that's just too bad, especially when we're on the cusp of like, you know, the the greater smart home accessory group kind of coming together. Um, and, and there were competitors to that too, like Insignia made one. And I think in each of those instances, you just can't, you, you can't find them or stock is going away and there's no plans to make more. And that's like a whole category of smart home support going away just because Apple isn't involved in the production of this stuff. And they rely completely on third party companies that it's part of their business for this to work. Um, and then the, the Chamberlain thing especially was, was, you know, I think one reason it might not have worked so well is that you had a box for controlling your Chamberlain garage door, like make any garage door work with Chamberlain and their app. And then to make it work with HomeKit specifically, you had a second box, the hub and the comp- the setup process is super complicated. It's one of the things that I was like, once I got it set up, I was never going to touch it again because it was so hard to get right in the first place. But once you got it up, it was great. The other thing is we've, we've seen uh ratio over the last few weeks say just online that they're going to stop troubleshooting HomeKit issues. So 
big problem with Ratio, this is a company that makes the smart sprinkler controllers. So if you've got, you know, an irrigation system and you want to, you know, there are smart irrigation systems that work with the company's app, but if you want to do that through the home app and, and Apple's got like, I would say pretty detailed support for sprinkler systems, irrigation systems and the home app where you can get lots of different views that are specific just for that purpose. Um, Ratio has just said, we're not going to continue supporting this. You know, we, we've put a lot of time and effort into it and we just can't get around this no response bug that we've, that we're, we're seeing. Um, you know, maybe that changes in the future, but I think, I mean, they literally went as far as saying if you bought a HomeKit version of our smart irrigation controller and you bought it for HomeKit, you can, we'll refund you. <laughs> like you can have your, which is, I mean, that's not a great business sign. So it's these, and then I guess the last thing is, is the, the category of uh, video doorbell that was, a feature in, in the framework for so long and it's just taken ages for that to come. Uh, and now I guess we've got, I think Belkin makes one, uh, maybe Logitech. So, so you've got those, but it's taken years. And then we're, we're very specific now with locks. So if you had a HomeKit smart lock before, you know, you could have a smart lock or you could have a HomeKit smart lock and now you can have a HomeKit smart lock that works with, with the, the keyless feature for the wallet app. So, um, it's, it's a lot of work keeping up with this stuff. And then there's just categories that don't get filled in with product and, and, you know, best case scenario, you're, you're, you know, where you live, you've got options, but I think it's pretty US centric for having the most options. Um, so it, it, it's like HomeKit is not in the state that I would have hoped it would be all this time later. I think it's, I think it's had like its peak of just how healthy it is in terms of, product availability and product category being filled. And and now it's like, it's not declining, I'd say, but it's just not healthy as it was before. It's just and, kind of plodding around. Yeah. Right, yeah. And then with and, matter, and the matter thing doesn't help. Like the matter's all about accessory compatibility. Yeah. Right? But you still, it's not going to take away any of the issues of how complicated this thing for normal people to understand and to set up and to control and to manage. It's not like the intelligence of the home is still completely unchanged. Like there's stuff that I feel like lights connected to Wi-Fi and like, you know, computers should be able to do and be intelligent about turning on and turning off in these circumstances. But that just doesn't happen. We spoke a few weeks ago about the whole like, you know, room presence problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, that continues to be an issue and in my case like the your experience using smart home accessories will still be dictated by the quality of the home app from apple yeah you can use third-party ones but most people are going to use the native one because you know you get integration with the voice assistant with siri and you get the widgets and you get the actual application and you get like the apple tv integration and you know homepod integration and the quality of the home app is not terrible, but it's not the best thing ever. And they have done some improvements on iOS 16, but like literally something I've hit into this week because I moved a new address is you have to somehow inform the home hub that your home location has moved to somewhere else. And you would think an app called Home would have like a, an area where you could just change your address and just choose on a map where you've actually moved to, but there's no way to do it. It just intelligently intuits your home location somehow and this this became a problem in that it was detecting my old address even though i'd set up a brand new home like i don't a plus you know press the plus button in the home app and set up a whole new home um it was considering the home address to be the old address and i'd put an eve camera in as like a little security thing but every time i was walking around the living room it was pinging up telling me that i was at home because it hadn't realized that the notifications to only tell me when i'm away it thought i was away because the address was wrong and the only way to fix this was to fully delete the entire home and start again. Which, luckily, I caught this when the camera was like the only accessory set up in the new home, so it wasn't a big deal to reset it all. But if I'd have gone through the whole process of, you know, setting up with the lights and setting up with the thermostats and everything, and then it's like, oh, the only way to get your home address to be fixed is to delete everything and start over, that would that would really suck. And so, like, all of those problems they're not going to be solved by matter matters a device compatibility thing and that's the layer it sits so everything above that is still going to be an ongoing problem and open debate slash you know barriers to adoption yeah yeah all right uh there's new new, new software betas this week uh the mac os version of ventura includes uh, a new screensaver which is sort of the the flower, the super close-up depth effect flower, that's sort of yellow and with a blue background and light mode, and then more orangey with a red is black dark background and dark mode. It it does 
each of those versions, but as a screensaver that animates, which looks really it's good. It's a pretty screensaver. Yeah, it is. It is really pretty. Um, and then the, the wallpaper itself before you had dark mode, light mode, which were the two different color versions. And now there's the third option, which is dy- dynamic. So it changes based on your location throughout the day. Um, you know, sun, sunset, sunrise, basically. And so you get the in-between stages as an option as well. And that's a pretty good sign that they're closer to shipping Ventura uh, set, settings app as it is, uh, everything as it is. Not as is, is system settings still got all like the random bugs with the buttons cut off and clipped and all that sort of stuff. I think I I, I don't know. I yeah. you, you have to go down the list of complaints people have had and just compare. But um, I don't. I know. think some of them have been addressed, but like the overall sure. design is the same. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think I think it's getting closer to release, and you know, we, we hopefully those it, it ships alongside MacBook Pros with M2 Pro chips and M2 Max chips. Up, you know, in a midnight option with a black key well and color matched USB-C charger so that you'll be tempted to... Yeah, just, just based on the save. pace of release, um, like the releases, it does seem like they're getting close to the public launch and maybe next week we'll get a release candidate or something or the week after. Mm-hmm. It probably does depend when they are actually planning to release the hardware because they always save the release candidate for whenever the hardware's official so they don't leak, like model identifiers or any features that are exclusive to the hardware um but it is already you know we're already through the first week of october so they can't wait forever (laughs) the latest they're going to release stuff is november and i think based on you know everything we've seen we definitely think the ipad is coming in october sometime so maybe you've got one more beta in you before shipping but if you want a good idea about what's going to ship just look at what's there and stage manager especially on the ipad still very rough condition buggy crashy all the issues well Uh, and it's i think i don't think anyone has any complaints about stage manager on the mac because the mac just has all these different ways of supporting windowing from the start and this is just just completely ignore it (laughs) or you can simply ignore i mean you can ignore it on the ipad as well but i think that you don't get the the windowing features like you can still window on the mac without having to touch stage manager at all yeah that's fair but Mm. i think because you can already window on the mac it's just better like you have no growing pains of like Mm -hmm. putting putting apps in stage manager mode and seeing what they do. Whereas there's incompatibility with apps on stage manager for the iPad. There's lots of, I'd say there's enough edge cases to add up for them not to be so far on the edge um, of ways that you can just get, you can go beyond what stage manager on the iPad is capable of doing. And you either get a hang or you get a crash to resolve the hang. So there's, there's enough of those issues that it just feels like Ventura. And even beyond the system level, third party apps, a lot of them don't support multi-window or they don't mm-hmm. support, you know, everything, the re- uh, arbitrary resizing. Yeah. And so Stage Manager, like, exposes all those areas where iPad apps are just not as mature as the Mac apps are. So yeah, you I mean, issues it, at every turn. It'd be great to have, you know, a beta next week that's like RC for iPad OS 16.1. And it just, it's just so polished on Stage Manager that <laughs> it's like... Okay, this is what they've been waiting for. Uh, I, I, that feels like kind of a reach as a possibility. Yeah, that's a bit of a pipe dream. Yep. Yep. Uh, also, also, we've 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 seen the release of the uh, human interface guidelines for the Dynamic Island on the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max. Uh, the HIG is a suggestion, not a rule. But uh, even so, the suggestions aren't so strict. There are rules like try not to to, to advertise. Yeah, the, the, the live activity. avoid using a live activity to display ads or promotions. Yeah. Not don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it was just a very weird way to frame it. But yeah. And like, they like also said, said, like, consider removing the live activity when the activity is finished. Consider it. Consider it. Yeah. If, if the game's over. I guess over, it's just Apple speak. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the HIG is not equivalent to App Store rules or review. So. Although it, sometimes the App Store review will cite the HIG as a reason why you're not being approved even though mm. they so, they use it very arbitrarily like app store sure. you can ban you for any reason you want but sometimes yeah. they'll be like this app does not comply with the HIG it's like well yeah 99.99% of the apps on the store don't but yeah and and the dynamic island as dynamic as it is we've seen some changes in iOS 16.1 beta number whatever we're on now um 
big big thing I've seen is that if you use a black wallpaper or a dark mode app that's just black and you're using the dynamic island to present something, you get a pretty thick gray line around it. Don't like it. Or, or a different color line depending on the activity. So like yeah, a, you get in a, that if you're already. Phone call, it's green. Yeah. yeah, you get that before, which was fine. It's like you're in this mode, but now it is thicker. The gray yeah, line. Yeah, like originally it was like there was a line, but it was literally like one pixel. So it was yeah. just a tiny little stroke to separate it. Um, but now it's like it must be what three or four pixels thick because it's really yeah. noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... it's kind of distracting, honestly. Like, I mean, it breaks the effect of you've got some status I- items on the left, some status items on the right, and the middle is just hardware. It's just screen that isn't being used. When you have an outline around this big gap that isn't being used, like it's you are drawing even more attention to the fact that there's a sensor and a camera right there. So I, I don't, I don't love that part of it, but maybe the whole maybe like I'm... blending of hardware and software doesn't falls apart a bit when you put these massive borders around it. L- little bit of balance that you're losing. And yeah. I don't think it was necessary. Like it was very clear before that oh, there's something happening in this island area. the 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 thickness almost looks like like an accessibility option. Like you know, if yeah. you're if you're hard of if you've got poor eyesight or something, you want everything to be really thick and bold, uh, but not as the default. Yeah, so I don't I don't like that change. And funnily enough, while they made that part really noticeable, they've also changed the waveform. So when you've got an, like a now playing live activity, so music's playing or a podcast or something, it has the album art on the left and it has a a real time waveform on the right. But in 16.1 beta, they've made the waveform dimmer. So like before, it'd be like the same color as the app or, or as the album, you know, image on the left. Now it's it's still it's still themed based on the image artwork, but it's like reduced opacity. It's like probably half as bright. So they've made it dimmer to look at, but at the same time, they've added a really thick border around it. So it's kind of like <laughs> conflicting design goals, you know, like it's kind of more hidden, but also more prominent. So I'm not really sure what they're going for there. And the, the 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 dimming thing was like in beta three and I was like, oh, maybe it's just a bug, but it's still there in beta four, so it feels like this is intended. And when I first got the fourteen pro, I did make a comment, I think, that like the waveform was slightly distracting to the eye because it's always moving around. And that was true for like the first day or two, but then my brain got used to it and then it's just always there. So I don't feel like they needed to change the colours and make it less prominent, but they have done. So I'm not totally in agreement with these six point one changes for the for the island. Mm-hmm. Finally this week, Happy Hour is also sponsored by A-Logic to celebrate the launch of their new Clarity 4K display. And 9to5Mac is teaming up with A-Logic to give away the latest generation M2 MacBook Air. Keep listening to find out how to enter the giveaway. The A-Logic Clarity 4K monitor is a sleek external display for your laptop. It features an expansive 27-inch panel with wide viewing angles and a thin bezel surround. The display is covered with high-quality glass for a beautiful glossy finish that helps make the screen look even more vivid. On the back of the monitor, you find a full set of I.O. to connect other peripherals, including two USB-A ports, USB-B, two HDMI ports, display port out, USB-C, and a headphone jack. And because you connect to the monitor with USB-C, all of that I.O. is connected with a single cable that also transfers up to 90 watts power delivery to keep your laptop fully charged and it comes with a completely adjustable metal stand with pivot tilt and swivel you can even rotate the whole display to portrait so that's the a logic clarity 4k monitor on sale now for 799 dollars and it comes with a high quality a logic iris webcam for free learn more using the link in the show notes and if you wanted to enter to win the m2 mabbic air just follow the link in the show notes and submit your name and email address the giveaway is open to listeners in the us and canada thanks to a logic for sponsoring the show finally the reviews are in for the iphone 14 plus which comes out today for listening on release day friday uh, it's like an iPhone 14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, there was yeah. one surprise. The battery life is actually markedly better. And is it the best battery life in an iPhone? It is indeed the best battery life in an iPhone. So I would say, and, and, and what's your battery life been like on your 14 Pro? Uh, I had one bad day and that was it. Otherwise, the the bar for me is, am I charging before bedtime or not? And like like and my charging, I mean, am I charging outside of a routine, like driving and charging in the car, et cetera? So it's been fine, been good. Yeah, and I upgrade you from an 11 Pro, and I'd say the battery is about the same as that, but the battery ratings for the 12 and 13 are like higher than that, and 
in the community i've seen a lot of people say their battery life isn't quite as good as the 13 series where that's due to the hardware due to ios 16 bugs due to the always display we don't really know for sure yet i think it's more ios 16 bugs than anything which is why some people get perfectly fine battery life and others have issues but all these reviews that came out this week for the 14 plus say that it actually offers the best battery life in any iphone ever uh, because it has the same battery capacity as the max it has the same screen size as the max but it doesn't have 120 hertz it doesn't have always on display it doesn't have a few other little niceties it only has two cameras etc etc and so they managed to just push battery life to like two days three days of usage based on these like you know your reviews and of course everybody's battery um usage varies depending on your own depending on what you do with the phone but if all the reviewers say it's the best battery life they've had it's probably going to be the best battery life you want to and i know there's been a lot of discussion about the 14 plus maybe not like being as appealing or who knows what but the phone's only just coming out tomorrow most people that will buy this model don't even know it exists yet most likely like they're not the ones clamoring at all the advertising clamoring at what's new they're the ones upgrading maybe getting a new phone for christmas and they walk into the store and they're like oh what for, what's here oh this one looks good it's got a big screen and it's cheaper let's let's get that one or you know your phone's coming up for a new and it, even if you've got a max from two years ago you might just consider getting the 14 plus to get uh, 14 plus because you're keeping the same screen size uh, but you're paying less money so i think it's going to be a big seller in the long over the longer term um maybe pre-order demand isn't gigantic but i don't see why it's a it's a bad model the 14 i can understand why it's less appealing because it is kind of you know there's nothing to speak out about it but the fact they've just given you a big screen at a lower price point for the 14 plus mm-hmm. almost makes it like a near surefire hit at least on my prediction so. 14 is like if your time comes for a new iphone and you're going to get the new iphone and you don't want to spend a thousand dollars it's the one you get it's kind of the it, there'd be a hole without it but each other phone has a different purpose i think than that and yeah the, the other phones stand out in some way the 14 is just the perfunctory one if you had a choice of a, a 13 you're not a big phone person but if you had a choice between a 13 pro max and a 14 plus for around the same money what would you do pro max 100 <laughs> percent. you get promotion you get, you get promotion telephoto yeah. you get the other stuff lens, yeah, yeah other stuff. <laughs> so you get the same processor <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> other thing this week is that uh, Jeff Williams seems to keep uh, adding more and more responsibility to his job as the chief operating officer. You know, he was the chief operating officer and then he became the head of, uh, I guess, uh, hardware design. And whenever Johnny Ive left, that that's like he became the, the top of that list. Mm-hmm. And this week, uh, Tony Blevins a.k.a. the Blevinator to certain, <laughs> to certain folks, uh, has uh, he, he moved up his retirement date a little earlier than expected because of a, a misquoted movie line and a viral TikTok. Viral TikTok yeah. yeah, yeah. With a, with a guy whose last name appears to be Mac with the irony. Uh, anyway, I, I just wonder, like, when, when Jeff Williams adds new, you know, he, so he, he takes over procurement, which was a, an entire person's job. And apparently Tony Blevins was very good at it and and a, a great negotiator in terms of, you know, saving money for Apple. Yeah, and, and for people that know, procurement is like finding supply chain to provide components. So yeah. negotiating to deal with Qualcomm for modems or the Sapphire Glass on the Apple Watch, that kind of thing. Yeah, and this is the same week that has kind of unfolded that TSMC is is raising prices for their their I think below five nanometer or below eight nanometer chips or so, and by like three percent. And Apple said no last week, and then this week it was reported that TSMC said no to their no, and they're going to do it anyway. And Apple's like, okay, sure. So I think this is in that Supposedly, category. I mean, there's probably a lot more complexity in those negotiations than sure. yes, no, no. But yeah. <laughs> I like to oversimplify it. But, <laughs> but my question, my question to you though is, does Jeff Williams get a raise? when he has an entire person's new job to his uh probably not yeah. i mean these people are rich anyway <laughs> you yeah. don't have to worry about them getting compensated fairly if if i mean the williams might be getting the ceo the ceo job in not too long so that'd be uh, a raise yeah. that would be a raise yeah but yeah. he'll take over the the role i'm sure the subordinates in the, the procurement department like there's loads of vps underneath blevin and stuff will fill in the gaps and then they'll probably name a new you know 
head of the department to run it and that's probably be jeff williams job is to like run the transition and while they find yeah. someone to actually head it up full time i assume is how it works yeah and uh that's not like an svp level job where it would be on the apple leadership page either right it's yeah it's a vp level job important but not that page level but they have some vps on that page but not that is true not procurement they have like the they have the vps they want to um, mention like communications and Mm -hmm. corporate development and marketing and uh isabel gmay who's the director of greater china and lisa jackson obviously runs the environmental stuff but they're the vps listed on that leadership page but apple has like a hundred vps easily (laughs) Uh, yeah and many of them actually report directly to tim cook directly like they don't even go through the svp chain so so it's a weird setup and some of this reflects back to the whole like design department not like the fact that they don't have a single design role listed on the leadership page still stuns me like even if you're going to do it just for the pr like just name somebody and put them on the page like they could put um evans Evans hanky on there right like even if even if her role inside the company has been diminished uh which it may very well you know may very well could have been we don't know but like they could have just put her on the website just to alleviate some external pressure concerns about, you know, is Apple just becoming an operations company? But. And Alan Dye is a software designer, right? And he had a place mm-hmm. on the page before. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. When they first did the whole, like, Johnny Ive getting promoted to the sky and he got, he took the you know chief design officer role, they yeah. added Richard Howorth, hardware uh-huh. design, and Alan Dye, software design, to the website. But then when Johnny Ive was like, now nah, I'm coming back, they took him away. And then when he said, oh, no, I'm actually going, they never put him back on again. So I don't understand that logic at all. But Yeah. Yeah. yeah other, other news this week, we have uh, Apple TV Plus. They've announced the release date for the uh, film Emancipation, Civil War era film starring Will Smith. This is his first time back on the big screen since the Oscars slap in March, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's showing over the weekend. This privately, I'm I'm surprised they did this this year. They won the so, awards and they hope that this was, I mean, the release date was like the first week of December in theaters yeah. and then the next week on streaming. Uh, and this, this gets them eligibility for next year's award nominations, right? And, but it's literally the, the furthest out they could do it. I mean, they could have released it on Christmas, I guess, as a thing, but it's the furthest out they could do it t- to also be distant from, from the, you know, it's called physical assault incident on, on live TV. They could have waited till next year, though. And they and they turned down his his uh, his biopic based on his memoir, right? Mm-hmm. Or that, yeah, or I think I think that whole project kind of got shelved after the situation because uh, no one else bought it either, as far okay. as I know. So they yeah. kind of like tabled that, but they were definitely interested in it originally because right, Emancipation was bought like mid twenty twenty kind yeah. of time frame. That's when they like, bought the rights to it. It's not like they shot the film after March because obviously these films have much longer production timelines than that. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of funny that like this this was a hundred percent going to be a, a best picture nominee before the assault incident at the Oscars. Like it was just primed for it. It's like a you know important story. Everyone loves Will Smith. He just won for King Richard. There was a good chance he was going to get nominated again for best actor for the for this film for this film too. Obviously the the Oscars stuff has probably soured. Like in the wider, like in the wider world, it's unclear how many people still care about that thing. Like, obviously, it was a terrible thing to do, and mm-hmm. you know, but people still watch films. But there's been, I'll, I'll say this: there's been far worse infractions from other people, and they still make films or still star in films, and everyone doesn't care, right? Um, so I, I almost wonder whether this film's going to be like even more popular than it would be normally in the general public, just because of the Will mm-hmm. Smith angle on it right and everyone will want to see it is like the comeback film because like a, a, a film where uh will smith stars as like a slave is like a perfect comeback story film is like a redemption it's, art kind of thing I mean, even it's, though it's a complete coincidence because the whole film was you know basically almost finished before march yeah. so uh but i'm not sure that the oscars are gonna be so kind to it like they, well, it, they maybe it, it'll get some technical nominations and stuff like yeah. for cinematography and things but apple when they bought this film they had best picture best actor accolades in mind and i don't think they're going to get that this year which is why i thought they were just going to you know shelve it like it's not really like a a ticking time bomb of a story it would have been just as relevant for the next year season but i think their calculus is they got to release it at some point maybe next year the will smith name would still be just as tarnished as this year maybe they have some behind the scenes like deal with will smith where if they support him on this film then they'll get his business as well down the road 
um, and they're kind of betting that in the long term the Will Smith will return to you know his former prominence. I do think loads of normal people are going to watch the film regardless of the issues, whether you agree with the slapping stuff or not, or whether you think he's gone over it, or whether you apologize whether that was enough. Like I think the film will be very popular. We're, there's plenty of people who were backing Will Smith the day after the Oscars came out, right? So like the in terms of general public reception, I don't think it will really be impacted. But the awards recognition stuff, I do think it's gonna. Like, who's going to nominate him for Best Actor when he's literally just been banned from the Academy for actually attending the awards? Like, it'd just be a terrible situation. And the the slap almost had more of an impact in embarrassing the Oscars than it did in embarrassing Will Smith. So uh, I think the payback for that will be no interest from the, you know, the voting team for this season. But I think the reason they didn't save it for next year is because Apple also has other films lined up that they want to promote next year too. And this year's slate... Maybe they were less confident they had a big because obviously last year they won, <laughs> they won Best Picture for Coda, which was kind of crazy. Uh, but for this year, you know, they've released a few films, they've got a few more coming out, but none of them seem like they're going to have the the spark uh, to really hit. And this is even with the Will Smith being tainted, this might still be their best bet for this year. And then next year they'll have the Scorsese film, which will 100% get nominated even if it doesn't win because that's just like a surefire bet because it's Scorsese with Leonardo DiCaprio starring. Yeah, and there's more talent attached to it. Also, for films, they've got the, uh, I think, A- A24 uh, Jennifer Lawrence film coming soon mm-hmm. to theaters and yeah. streaming. Yeah, so they, they had Grace Beer on Ever last week, which I actually watched. That was pretty good. It's not going to win awards, but it was a fun watch. Uh, they have Raymond and Ray, which has your favorite. Um, oh, Kenobi. Everyone Kenobi. Ewan McGregor. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Hawke. Then they have Causeway, which is Jennifer Lawrence. That's in November. And then they have a documentary, which is Selena Gomez. I'm not sure that can be awards play either. And then Emancipation is the December film. And they have a um, uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds musical comedy adaptation of The Christmas Carol. That also comes out in December. But again, all those things I just mentioned, they might get some recognition, but I don't think they're really uh, Best Picture nominees, apart from maybe Emancipation, if the Academy can overlook the incident. But that's probably yeah. where Apple's like film awards strategy comes from on, on this but I, I i was still surprised they didn't wait for for another cycle yeah, i mean it was reported in the new york times during september that this was still an issue that apple was weighing on what to do with it and that i think it was report it had been reported that they were looking at 2023 at the soonest and they they uh, went with this this december so there's that all right that is the happier podcast for this week if you enjoy the show please subscribe if you don't already follow the podcast uh, we have an ad-free version in Apple Podcasts that costs $4.99 per month or $49.99 per year. Save a little bit of money there. That supports us directly. Thank you to everyone who supports our sponsors. That also helps a whole lot. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ApolloZach. That's A-P-O-L-O-Z-A-C. Benjamin, you're on Twitter at B-Z-A-M-A-A. And we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.